Have you been enjoying the adventures of our characters in Rumble Squad and Serviceable Plots? Or getting into the nitty-gritty rules for 5th edition? Support us on Patreon. By contributing as little as $1 a month, you'll get to hear exclusive content and updates before anyone else. Our higher-level patrons get access to DMs notes, outtakes from our episodes, and even a chance to add an item or NPC to a D&D Raw episode. Yes, you can hear our silly, out-of-character shenanigans, and even cause some of your own by influencing the story. Our producer-tier patrons listen to our audio before anyone else to give feedback and shape the final episode. We want to give a special thanks to our producer-tier patron, Matt Fry, for serving as a producer on this episode. We also want to thank our adventure-tier and above patrons for their support this month. So thank you, Feral Joe, Grimfuse, and a Linux fan. To join this list of outstanding people, go to patreon.com slash dndraw. By joining our patrons, you enable us to dedicate more time to creating episodes. And if you're not able to support D&D Raw on Patreon, we would love it if you leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you. Next week will be Serviceable Plots, Episode 22. Join us now for Rumble Squad, Episode 21. Your reverence has been paid. With me today are the following players. I am Chris, and I'll be playing Orc Fireforge, the Hill Dwarf Forge Cleric. Hi, I'm Jane, and I will be playing Nissa Turin, the Gnome Arcane Trickster Rogue. I'm Nick, and I will be playing Luvin Cromdell, the Half-Elf Alchemist Artificer. Hey, I'm Rachel, and I'm playing Elaine Fox, the Human Barbarian Druid. Last time, the party inspected the scrying crystal that they still had in their possession, before learning that they needed to return to Neverhelm to discover the full extent of the item's capabilities. Elaine, meanwhile, thought back on the reason she was adventuring, and kept her thoughts on her family far to the east, as she meditated on what she had learned on her journey. Nyssa also had a one-on-one -on -one with Boulder, and tried to learn how much of a threat Bai could be if she did get whatever it was she was after. As the party packed, they prepared themselves for the dangerous journey they would have to make as they traveled back to the land of the Lady of Spirits and the ancient ruins of Neverhelm. So, you guys are making your way to the supposed border between Vashti's territory and the Ancestral Hearts. You're not sure where the middle is, so would you rather lean more west or more east? I would go Vashti over Ancestral Heart. At least she's on our side. Alright, you guys are hugging the east more than the west. So, Elaine, you're leading, I assume. As much as possible. Domine's going to be up there with you, but for the most part, roll a survival check for me. 22. Very nice. Tony. Yeah? Can I ask a question about why we were traveling north out of Boulder's territory? Was there even any possibility that I might have seen as a Cade? Are you just looking, like, in general to see if you spot it, or are you actively, like, trying to hunt for it? I'm trying not to delay us. Okay, roll perception, then. Seven. You're looking around? You know what's really nice here? That stream in the back has kind of a pleasant sound to it. And you have to cross it at one point in order to follow the path that leads like northwestward, the kind of area you're going in. And yeah. Ah, Tony, that sounds so lovely. Luvin, you seem to be darting your eyes about a bunch. What are you looking for? You know, I don't even remember now. Sure, it's not important. As you're making your way through, what pace are you traveling at? Are you being cautious and slow? Or are you just walking at a normal pace? Or are you trying to get there quickly? 
I say just go at a normal pace until any signs otherwise. And by that, I mean, I would be trying to listen as closely to like the animals around, see if they're giving any indication, like big, scary thing. Okay. Then Elaine, roll a perception check for me. 14. So you guys are making your way along, trying to traverse the area. Damien is on the lookout as well, and you're passing through. Area's pretty quiet for the most part. You see a few animals here and there. There definitely seems to be more animals to the east than to the west. Elaine, it's quieter to the west. While you still hear like animal noises and little like chittering sounds. More in Vashti's territory, the ancestral hearts, since you guys are actually riding this border very well because of a good survival check. Yeah. While you are traveling along, though, you, Elaine, hear sounds of scattering. Does it sound like it's coming because of us, or are they scattering in a particular direction? Right now, it looks like they're just scattering from an area, and there's something sounding heavy coming. I would definitely hold up a hand, like, hold on to the group for us to all stop. Okay. Can I make perception now? You can, since you are at an all stop. I also will attempt. Twelve. Five. Okay, so you all pause and looking around, you hear this heavy rumbling sound as like seems to come from a couple different directions in the general area in front of you. Hey, we should probably hide. Okay, try to hide. Are you all trying to hide? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Okay, roll stealth checks. I got a nat 20, 23 total. Eight. Nine. Eight. As you guys are all tightened to duck and hide, this heavy sounds of footsteps intensifies and coming through the brush, you see a huge creature on all fours charging forward, three long horns protruding from its head as some sort of monstrous creature is charging right at you. I need you all to roll initiative. So top of the round, you hear this coming. Nissa, you trip over, kind of tumble for a second and catch yourself as this beast is barreling towards all of you. Panic and fire off magic missile. Go ahead and roll your damage. Eight total one. So you focus your arcane energy as three bolts form in your hand. As you are getting to your feet, you hurl them towards the creature and each one slams into its solid bone-like head. Definitely did damage, but its charge isn't stopping. It looks like it more just, it hurt it, but it just keep going. It's not slowed in the slightest. Any movement or bonus action? I'm going to hide as much as possible. Okay, go ahead and roll a stealth check to try to hide behind some of the foliage there as you're backing up and away from everybody. Eight. You duck and roll and kind of tuck underneath some of the roots of a nearby tree and kind of are like hunker down waiting. That is your turn. Auric, it is 45 feet from you. 50 feet from Luvin. Alrighty. You said that it is charging at us? It's charging straight for you. Okay, so I am going to cast my spiritual weapon right in front of it. Okay, so you can make an attack roll. Okay, does an 11 hit it? (laughs) So you focus your divine energy and release as a spectral hammer appears and swings and kind of like deflects more off the horn and doesn't quite connect with it. It seems like it was just moving too quickly. Okay, so then I will kind of do like a side step and forward to try and get out of its direct charging line. All right, so you summon your spiritual weapon, start to move out of its direct line that it's starting to charge in. Are you doing anything else? I will cast Toll the Dead. So wisdom save. You focus your divine energy again, and you hear the ring, but it like is so focused straight ahead that it's just plowing through and takes no damage. Luvin, you are up. Can I pull out an alchemical acid and try to step off to the side and wait until it charges in range to throw it? Okay, so you're holding your action to draw and throw. 
Yeah, as soon as it's within 30 feet. Gotcha. Okay. Aaron is going to follow suit, kind of duck over to a side, and she is also casting magic missile because that is a useful spell. So three bolts form in her hand as she releases them towards the charging creature and does damage. It's like poking at it. So it's within range. I throw. So it makes a deck save. Yes. You pull and hurl and it just clips one of its horns and tumbles off to the side and cracks as it's still charging through. It is charging. Actually, Demean is in its way. Uh-oh. It hits him. As it charges, it slams one of its horns into his shoulder, like slicing through. And he gets hit so hard, he gets knocked to his back as the Triceratops lifts its foot and goes to slam down on him. But he rolls as it cracks into the ground beside him, narrowly missing him. That is its turn. Elaine. I would know this is a beast. It has leathery skin. It looks bestial. I'll try it. I want to get right in front of it, and I want to try to cast Animal Friendship. It's a wisdom save? Yeah. I mean, it's turning its attention towards you, but it doesn't look happy. Not friendly. <laughs> yeah. You focus your nature magic and cast the spell. It shakes its big head and then seems like it's ready to charge at you. Awesome. Great. It's a bonus action to rage? Yes. I'm going to go ahead and rage then. <laughs> <laughs> it is Demean's turn. He is going to get up, draw two short swords. <laughs> and try and stab a couple times. He does a little bit of damage to him. The first one just like gets batted aside as he's still struggling to get to his feet. The second one jabs one into the side of this thing and then slices across its leg in the other. Nissa, you are up. I'm going to move forward slightly and just fire off magic missile again. Okay, roll your damage. 11 points of damage total. So again, you focus as three points of light form in your fingertips and release as it slams one after another into the side of this thing. Auric. I will use my bonus action to move my spiritual weapon closer so that it'll actually be within flanking with Elaine and then I will have it attack. It doesn't get advantage, but Elaine can. Yes. So the 13 hit. 13 just hits. Sweet. <laughs> Found the AC, guys. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so five damage. All right. So you swing and it smacks against its backside. As it's <laughs> so then I will move a little bit closer and cast Toll the Dead on him. It's very angry. And in fact, it's fully looking towards the spiritual weapon and then towards you, Ulrich. But it has no effect otherwise. Luvin. Domain's pretty nearby. How's he looking? His shoulder is partially missing. He got hit real hard. Basically, it penetrated like the upper shoulder and like tore partially through as he was knocked off his feet. Okay, so first thing I'm going to do is pull out another acid vial and give it a little chuck. Okay, deck save. Fail. Roll your damage as you hurl this thing into the side of its head. Eight acid damage. Okay. Then I'm going to strafe west a bit until I'm right by Domain. Here, this will heal you. I set it down. So you're setting your healing draught on the ground. Yeah. Okay. Erin is going to cast a firebolt and hit. As she kind of starts to try and circle it a little bit and get a clearer line of sight, she releases some fire into this thing and it hits the very spot that Leuven had just smacked it with acid. As the large beast is just starting to limp slightly and look rough. It is its turn. It just hits you, Auric. So it turns and starts to lumber towards you. As it lumbers forward, it strikes out, slipping just over your shield. There's like a slight scraping sound as it hits your shoulder, dealing 22 points of piercing damage. Wow. 
That's a dwarf shish kebab. That was, that was painful. And it pulls the horn out, but that is its turn as it's looking around. Elaine. I will walk over for the flanks. Yes, so you circle around it. So you have advantage on an attack roll against it. Natural 20. It hits. For six points of damage. <laughs> you start to circle around and hack into its backside. And you notice as you're doing this, because you're this close to this thing, there look like there are some fresh wounds on it. Not from you guys. Not from us. Hmm. Wounds that you did not cause. Mm. So wait, did I not notice it? Its face was in your face. <laughs> oh. That's why. Shout out. There's something else here that's attacked it. Domine is going to disengage as he kind of is grabbing the vial from you, get a little bit of distance, and chug it. What is it, 2d8? Yes. Because he's actually in bad shape. Back to the top of the round. Nissa, you are up. I'm going to move up as close as I can, pulling short sword and going in for the stabby stab. Go for it. <gasps> That'll be a miss. That misses, yes. I'll try an offhand attack. 20. That hits. So you draw your short sword, go to strike, and it had turned so quickly, it kind of barely like failed to puncture the skin as you come back and stab it into its side with your dagger, dealing a total of how much damage? 18. As your dagger hits the side of its ribs and you kind of yank and pull up and away, this thing kind of stumbles slightly on the side you had just stabbed. Auric. I am going to have my spiritual weapon move to opposite of Nyssa. Okay. And then it will attack 10. You swing and just seems to bounce off of its hard hide. So with my action, I'm going to cast Cure Wounds on myself for nine. All right. So you focus your divine energy and feel the gash in your shoulder kind of mend and stitch together. Luvin. So I circle around the side of the Triceratops and go over toward Auric. So you're skirting around, staying at 10 feet away from it. Yeah, and I haven't drawn a vial yet, right? A healing drop? No, you have not. I draw. Here you go, Auric. Think you need that. So on Auric's turn as part of his movement, since you're doing this, he can take it from you, but you have to stay there. Yeah, so acid vial. Okay. So you hurl and it like clips and sprays behind him. Like he barely avoids getting hit. Aaron is going to circle some more to get a clear line of sight to make sure she's not going to hit anybody and does another firebolt. This one though, she fires and it just passes over its head. It's going to pull away from all of you. Attack of opportunity. If you want, you have Auric, Elaine, and Nissa can all take attacks of opportunity if you want. I'd let it go. I swung, I got an eight, so I missed. You go to stab and its head just kind of like pushes your blade aside as you move. I'll cast Toll the Dead at him. Okay, 16. Jeez, it's a very wise dinosaur. <laughs> are you guys pursuing? No. I would not. So you are out of initiative. Are you doing anything? First, I will drink the vial that is in my hand. I suggest we hide something else that attacked it before it came to us. I think we were just in its way. I don't think it was charging towards us. Tree cover. Let's go. Yep. Make another stealth check. Four. Four. Fourteen. Thirteen. You see Domin and Aaron are also trying to take cover with you as you're all pulling off to one side. They're doing a lot better this time than they did last time to try and aid you. So you're all kind of tucked away. You hear some... As Auric and Luvin are trying to tuck away with you and just as the spiritual weapon floats there for another 45 seconds. Yep. <laughs> so traveling by, you see a half dozen orcs suddenly erupt from the tree line in pursuit. Javelins in hand as they start to run. Three of them are wearing hide towards the front and they are just beelining it. They're looking at the trail and just... <laughs> 
and just keep going and moving forward. At one point, one towards the back, you notice is on this large bestial creature. Wolf-like almost in appearance, but it lumbers forward and is starting to smell the air. You see a larger orc kind of riding its back. Again, also hide armor though, as the beast starts to smell the ground, looks around, seems to look in your general direction. At one point, the orc kicks and goes, Gana! and it lumbers back towards the path narrowly avoiding you. <gasps> you can all roll a nature check if you want to know what this yes. is. Yeah. Five. Eighteen. Fourteen. Twenty-three. You know who you are. This is a warg. They're wolf-like creatures, but they're monstrosities. They enjoy hunting and devouring creatures weaker than itself. Oh, lovely. They're more cunning than most of the creatures, but they tend to, like, be used as mounts by a lot of goblinoids normally. So seeing an orc on one is... Strange. The wargs have their own language as well, but they speak goblin and warg, not orcish. Mm. So as the orc is kicking it, you notice it seems like it's trying to say something, but the orc is ignoring it, and it just keeps lumbering along. Following the, the warg and the orc on it are two other orcs that are trailing a little bit behind and seem to be just looking at the trail, but they just press on behind the warg. Damien looks at you, Elaine. I think we're safe enough to move on. If we move quietly, I think we can maybe hopefully get out of this region at least. Hopefully. He puts his short swords away and pulls out his bow. Knocks an arrow in it, but doesn't draw it. Like, eh, I was hoping to save some spells, but uh, should we move a little quieter? Looking at Auric and Luvin. Yes, please. That would be preferable. Before we do, I would like to cast Cure Wounds on him, though. What's the total? Uh, 11 points. Nice. How is Auric feeling? I'm okay for now. Okay. I mean, that is like, I don't have many of these spells, but focuses as dark shadows kind of start to form around you. Your footsteps sound quieter and it's like, all right, might take us a little bit longer to get there for about an hour or so, but at least we won't deal with a hunting party. I would like everyone to make another stealth check and add plus 10. 30 total. 30 total. 29. 14 total. For the most part, you guys are incredibly quiet. You don't even really hear the leaves and brush being pushed aside as you make your way northward, hugging the border between the two lands. After an hour, the spell starts to fade and you can move at a quicker pace, but as far as you can tell, are out of immediate danger. What time of day is it, by the way? By this point, it's early afternoon. Okay. Do we want to push to get there right at night? It might be worth it, so we're not in hostile territory, or at least... As hostile a territory. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't, I don't think a non-hostile territory exists at the moment. So. I vote hurrying. Yeah. Yep. So, you pick up the pace a bit. Eventually, you are finding yourself still in some woods. What? Yeah. <laughs> it's really hard to tell the difference between territories. Based off of just general sun in the sky and direction is how Elaine's able to do it. But after a bit, the sun falls. Night comes on. Elaine, you are having now difficulty seeing. Damien is also kind of putting a hand like, I can only do so much at this point. Would we get the sense that maybe we are close to her territory, Lady of Spirits? Based off of your previous survival check, you know you're close. Like, you're probably on the border, near the border. But probably not in her land yet. It's a little hard to tell. Most likely not. Can everyone roll me a perception check? Elaine at disadvantage, because it's night. 18. 14. Natural 20, total 21. Nissa, you and Aaron are definitely on the lookout for things and looking around as growing up on the streets is very different from growing up in the woods. Yep. So there are sounds all around you. Elaine, you think you see a figure ahead of you. Humanoid in form. Auric, there is a cloaked figure ahead of you. Luvin, this figure looks familiar. You see a cloaked figure with a spear ahead of you. 
as soon as I saw somebody, I would have motioned to the party, like, stop. Because I assume I'm still at the front, mm. even though I can't see. This person seems familiar. I can't tell. What person? There's a person up ahead. Oh, that person. Okay. By the way, it's like 60 feet ahead of you, so it's like at the edges of your dark vision. I would motion to stop for just a second. I'm going to just try to reach out and see if I can sense the Lady of Spirits like I could sense Boulder. Roll wisdom. 22. (laughs) You reach out and you have a sense of like a connection to nature and your druidic magics on the land. But ahead of you, there is something very different. Something old. And there's almost like whispers of people. You see no one in front of you. And you can't pinpoint specific words, but it feels like there's conversations happening ahead of you. And yet there is just this one figure standing there. Do I get a hostile sense or a friendly sense? A watchful sense. Not hostile, just observant and aware. Okay. I would just like to reach out and kind of mentally announce, you know, I'm sorry, we are approaching your lands. We will be asking for passage through your lands you almost feel like a massive eye opens in front of you. It's like the sensation of that for a brief second, like something's attention is fully drawn on you. And there's a pause from the figure as the hood kind of shifts, like her head tilts. Where do you wish to go? Is that the figure asking us, or is that in my head? Talking out loud to you. Okay. We are heading to the ruins. You are the only one who's asked. Would we be allowed to go back to the ruins? Could we please have passage? May we please have passage? The figure looks at all of you. Follow close. Do not stray, or I will not protect you. She then turns and starts to walk off. I follow. As you guys are walking behind this Shadar Kai, Elaine, you had reached out to the land and to the spirits here and focused, and as you're walking, you sense something around you. These, there's no hostility. It's almost like having a a comforting blanket around you a little bit. And you feel it kind of both around and within you that you can access something on this land. It seems to be empowering you and focusing you. And there's almost a sense of home to it. An odd sensation for sure, but you continue to press on as this sensation of just the spirits of this land are trying to protect you and aid you. Orc. Considering where you are headed, knowing that your connection to Yadamin will be weakened or have that sensation of strain in Neverhelm, I assume at some point you reach out and you do a silent prayer to him. It may not even be silent. As you reach out, you feel his divine presence within you and knowledge comes to you. You reach out seeking the power to remove something like a gate to another plane and you get the sensation that he is granting you the ability to do so granting you additional powers for the trials ahead as he knows that the strain of whatever the magics of neverhelm are will put on your connection he is bestowing this upon you before you enter so that you are better prepared nissa you're probably on edge a bit considering what you guys are coming up to and With all of the pummeling, the slashing, the slight burning, you have felt quicker on your feet. Your reactions are just faster and you're more aware of your surroundings and things that are coming at you. So you're prepared in case of an attack to try and mitigate as much damage as you can. Yeah. So you guys press on. 
You continue to follow this Shadar Kai. Question to the DM. How close to exhaustion would we be? You know it would take you about an hour to reach Neverhelm after traveling down. You'd be doing a force march for one hour. If you went all the way to the steps of Neverhelm. You know, we should probably find somewhere to camp soon. I agree. I guess I would try to get the Shadar Kai's attention. As you approach, you get that strange sensation of a weight pressed upon you. It's like an intense pressure on you both physically and kind of like mentally a little bit, but you go and and nothing happens when you tap her and she pauses and turns. Our party is getting a bit tired. I don't know if I should ask you or reach out to the Lady of Spirits, but we at least getting to the tunnels downward. I think we should try to rest. We're thinking we would need a place to rest, and I'm guessing we're just asking for permission or approval. So you have never been this close to her, the Siddhar Kai woman. So when she turns to look at you, that like sense of weight almost intensifies for a brief moment. Nothing painful, but unpleasant and definitely disconcerting. You also now see her a bit more clearly. You notice she has brownish hair, a bit wavy that falls over the left side of her face. As she kind of turns and you're speaking, she briefly brushes it to the side. And she does have a few piercings right over her right eyebrow and these black eyes with golden irises. And she just stares like right into your eyes when you tap her. So you look for a place to rest? Yes. You have had a long day's journey? Yes. You reached out to her before. I did. She gestures towards the general forest and foliage, you may ask. Okay, then I can do this while we walk, right? Yes. I'll just like reach out and ask, Oh, lady of spirits, we request humbly to stay on your lands for the evening once we reach the entrance to the cave. Okay, roll persuasion. That's 20. You get that familiar sensation of a large eye. You also get the sensation of a wide, friendly smile. And a voice seems to echo from all around all of you. Your reverence has been paid. You may request the night upon my lands. At the entrance to the cave of the unnatural city. The Shadar Kai has the briefest seconds of pause and kind of a, huh, before continuing on. So you guys press on, continue following the Shadar Kai woman. What are Aaron and Demean doing? Demean is on edge and he's just heavily looking around and you see his eyes dart to the left and right a lot. Aaron is kind of sticking real close to Nyssa as you guys are walking, but just watching around. But while Demean's look seems very focused on a few particular spots as you guys are moving, Aaron's just kind of like looking around in general, a little bit in like a mixture of nervousness and intrigue. Okay. There's a brief point. Demean kind of starts to walk up a little bit closer to you, Elaine. Not to alarm you much, but there are invisible things following us. I'll just kind of nod to him. I believe it's the way the Lady of Spirits watches us. We are guests on her land. Alright, I'll simply observe for now. I'll just give him like a nod. Aaron, meanwhile, is just like So you have no idea who this lady is or what? Nope. Not a clue. Cool. Do you know how she does the speak from everywhere thing? I wish I did. Does anyone know how she does the speak from everywhere thing? Magic. Her eyes half close and look at you like, seriously? Like, I know magic, and I don't know that magic. 
Would I get the sense, Tony, that it's thaumaturgy? Roll Arcana. 24. It's not thaumaturgy. Whatever this is, while magical in nature, is not based off of any spell that you know. It seems to be some sort of innate magical capabilities of the Lady of Spirits herself, as if she can use the air on the land itself to speak. Pretty sure this isn't thaumaturgy. In fact, no spell I've ever heard of seems more innate to the Lady of Spirits, either to who she is or through the guardianship. Oh, that would make sense if it's through the guardianship, because you said that they get special powers while on whatever land they're protecting, right? She's like staring at each of you. I shook my head like, I don't know. Seems like it anyway. Okay. I can see why you don't want to make her mad. Right. Yeah, we've been there. And really, I don't like anyone being mad anyway. That's not very conducive to anything. No need to repeat that. You guys press on. After a couple more minutes, you arrive at the familiar hill where you know the cave entrance is on the almost opposite side of it. And the Shirakai woman gestures. Here you are. Is there anything else you require before I depart? Do you have a name we could call you instead of just Shirakai lady? Maybe? Ma'am? Respectfully. And, of course, we're pleased to make your acquaintance and introduce ourselves as well. I'm Leuven. She looks at you, Leuven, and then back to you, Nissa. Names are important things. Introduce yourself, Nissa. You just did it for me. Hi, I'm Nissa. Looks over to the rest of you, one at a time. Hi, I'm Orc Fireforge. Elaine Fox. Aaron Demean. Nissa, roll persuasion with advantage. Four. My name is not important. I appreciate your interest, but names are important things, and I am not important. Are you here to see something important? There's that slight, like, creepy, slow head turn towards you, Auric. And what makes you say that? Well, I might know a thing or three about your people. Slight eyebrow raise. You know of the Shadarkai. I've heard of you, and what you tend to be on this plane for. Have you seen another? Alas, no, I haven't, but... We hear things out and about. You notice that the news affected her somehow. You can't quite tell how. That we know what she is? Not just that you know what she is, but the question of have you met any other Shadarkai seemed to be a searching one. There might have been more to the question than just curiosity, but that's all you're able to get. Are you looking for anyone in particular? You asked if we had seen any others. You know why we are on this plane, yes? Yes. I was curious if you have seen an important figure die. I've seen plenty of people die. Some more important than others. Importance tends to be in the eye of the beholder. Not to Neslam. Neslam sees the importance for what it is. Is there anything else I can aid you all with? Will we see you again? I would love to chat sometime. Always curious about the world and the people in it. I am not of this world. But you're here now. For now, yes. Chat. Yeah. There's actually some confusion. Share stories, opinions. You are a collector of stories as well. Uh-huh. What sort of stories do you collect? Oh, well, I write to people across Nebrasil, and we talk about our homes, where we're from, people we've met, our passions, our hobbies, our careers, the weather sometimes. There's so much to talk about here. Yes, your plane has weather. It is strange. It changes. An odd place, for sure. So you just speak about the mundane everyday things and what you hope to accomplish? Sure, and what's inspired us along the way. Sometimes it's... Inspired? What do you mean? So I actually start giving, like, 
a dictionary definition of the word inspired. I don't fully understand. Is this like with those emotions you all have? That's a way of looking at it. I don't see how you could be inspired without emotion. Interesting. Think of it this way. Why do you do what you want to do? I do what Nezalem wishes. I, I do what my deity wishes as well, but I choose to. Nezalem is correct. Why would I do anything other than that? Think of it this way. There's room for interpretation, right? You're following what Nezalem asks of you, but there are multiple ways to go about it. Asks of us? All right, maybe that was poor word choice. I apologize. Would decrees be a better term? That would be more appropriate. Nezalem calls to us to be witness to an event. An event that we can carry the memories on to him. Do these actions bring you satisfaction? Do you feel a sense of purpose when you fulfill them? We do the will of Neslan. That is the way it has been. Aye. But do you not experience anything when you complete your task? Brief pause. Throughout this entire conversation, when she addresses any of you, she locks eyes with you. And for the first time, she kind of looks down and away, and her brow furrows, and then she looks back. This is the first time I've ever felt... Well, one of the first times. Aye, so when you feel stuff like that, that can be a source of inspiration to make you want to continue to do what you do. Or stop doing what you're doing. What if it is to stop another from doing what they're doing? Is that still inspiration? You are doing an action that was inspired by an emotion, so yes. Interesting. My apologies. I have become lost in thought. You had additional questions for me. I think they have more questions. If they're going to continue asking questions, I'd like to take just a couple steps away from kind of the group as a whole and again, reach out to the Lady of Spirits. Okay. So that's going to take a moment. I can relate to what you just said. It seems like we're trying to stop someone from doing what they're doing right now, too. What are you trying to stop? Well, we believe that there may be some forces at play trying to open a portal into the abyss. Not the greatest place to connect to on the material plane. Chaotic evil is something to avoid. Understandable. And you believe the unnatural city will aid you? We're hoping that it may be able to lend us some clues. Well, the best of luck in that endeavor. And what are you seeking to accomplish? Roll persuasion. 17 total. There is a very long stare at you, Luvin. Just not breaking eye contact. And you can kind of see in it that she's thinking. She's studying you and trying to determine your intentions. I seek to undo a mistake I believe occurred some time ago, at least while I am here. This is secondary to your main mission. She looks over at you, Auric. You know why should Arkai are on this plane? I do. You're usually just observers, which makes me think this may be personal. This time you notice it. It seems she's not very good at hiding when she does have these brief bits of emotional display. But there's a brief bit of anger and uncertainty. Can I tell if the anger is directed at me? Based off your passive insight, it's not directed at you. Okay. Her eyes leave you when she does this as she's like looking elsewhere and just pensive. By any chance, would this mistake be related to Cynthias or the lands around it? No, I am here to witness. But while I am on this plane, perhaps I can rectify the mistake. Luvin, roll one more persuasion check for me. 22. She looks over at you, Nyssa, and back to you, Luvin. My name is Talori. 
Nice to meet you, Tulare. Is there anything else I can aid you with? I think I'm okay for now. It's been fun talking with you, though. So I'm assuming the other person you're looking for is another Shadarkai based on your reaction. Is there anything that we should keep a lookout for? I mean, we tend to travel all about these places. If you want, we can let you know if we find them. I'm not certain if he's even around. It has been a long time. Does he have a name? Roll Persuasion. So that's an 18. I do not even know if I can describe him correctly. I, and she kind of stares at her hands for a minute. I don't look the same way that I do at home. I doubt he does either, but you intend to leave the Rigorum. I eventually, they don't seem to have much in the way of uh, coin here, which doesn't entirely rub me the right way. Perhaps I should as well. Akiva, if he's even alive. So if we come across this Akiva, what would you like us to do? Just notify you or? I would just be happy to know that he is alive. Well, if we do come across another Shadarakai, we'll ask him if that's his name, and I can always send you a message. Thank you. I would appreciate that. Oh, there is one last thing. The Lady of Spirits. You're here in her domain right now. Yes. How does that relate to your mission? She just shakes her head. No, I will not say, because we are not to interfere with the moment. I can be here. I can discuss things that do not relate to the moment. But the memory must not be tainted, and I will not influence the memory. When you're sent to this plane, are you told when an event will occur? I am told where to observe, and I am told who. How I go about getting to that point is up to me. Thank you again, Talori. I hope you find purpose in what you do. As do I. And there's a slight smile. Well, I will be summoned again to escort you off when you return, I assume. And she bows slightly, turns, and begins to walk off. So meanwhile, Elaine, you are focusing, trying to reach out, using this newfound connection to these familial spirits around you. And you sense that I just watching you and patiently waiting. So I just want to ask first, do we have your permission to use sticks and leaves and things that you know we can use to make a fire? Resources like that? You get the sensation of yes. Okay. Then I'm going to take a... Deep breath. And I want to ask, is there a chance before we enter the unnatural city that we could arrange to meet you, either myself solely or as a group, to ask you questions about our mission and our purpose? Roll persuasion. A nat 20 for a total of 21 on this persuasion. So you guys are talking to Talori, and when you turn, you've noticed that these vines have very slowly kind of not grabbed but encompassed Elaine and surrounded her. It's not the same restriction that you guys had when you were bound because that like they basically wrapped around your arms and legs and like pulled you straight to the ground to hold you in place. This was more just like a slow build as like a hut that kind of encompassed her and Elaine's eyes are just closed. Does she seem to be in any kind of distress? Not that you can tell. She's breathing peacefully. There's no rapid eye movement. I will continue to observe. So are Damien and Aaron now, but they're definitely on a little bit higher alert. Damien is just has a hand on his bow and is ready to unsling it, but he's not doing anything yet. Elaine. Yes. You get just the sensation of the eye and your eyes are closed and you're focused and you blink for a split second and you're not in the forest. You're not by the hill. You're in a cave. It seems like looking back, you see lots of like natural growth and all of that behind you. In front of you, 
kind of embedded into the stone. A massive 30-foot-tall figure. Its eyes are closed. Seems like it's trapped within the stone itself, and it's unmoving. But as you are staring at this humanoid entity, its grayish, grayish black skin embedding into the stone wall behind it, leaves swirl in front of it. And a smaller figure emerges. Feminine in form, its clothes are kind of more wisps of grass and leaf. Long, light, blondish hair that reaches all the way to the ground. You see kind of even in her hands, all delicate, like hints of gold flecks kind of across her nails and her skin. And these almost lizard-like eyes kind of stare towards you as she lands and they kind of slowly shift into softer kind of goldish gleam to the eyes as she approaches you and a soft smile appears. Hello, Elaine Fox. Hello, I assume Lady of Spirits is what I should call you? I am Le Fool, the Lady of Spirits. Well, thank you for agreeing to meet with me. I have many questions about everything, really, but I probably would like to start with our current agenda. Yes, to explore the unnatural city. Yes, we're looking for, hopefully, hints or clues to finding a magical artifact that ties a rather unnatural being, known possibly to you as the Old Fae, to this land. I assume you refer to the one who calls herself Biagosto, yes? Yes, we are seeking to break her ties to this region, at least. And you intend to go about this... How might I ask? She's actually now at this point kind of like walking and she's looking you up and down a little bit, seeming to get a better idea of you. We're hoping that there's clues or hints perhaps in the unnatural city. Once we find whatever item we believe is tying her to this realm, we will hopefully figure out a way to destroy it or break the tie to her. Well, the item would not be tying her to the realm. She can come and go as she pleases. I'm assuming it's an item that allows her influence. Yes. She's suddenly now on the opposite side of you. I'm basically just holding my hands like at my side, very non-hostile. There's brief points as she's walking too that she seems to dissipate into like leaves and grass and reform on the opposite side and just kind of like seems to be watching you. So you're looking to break this connection. You realize that would make you a very delicious target for by Agosto. As you're free to say her name, I'm assuming that her reach does not come into your lands. She does not like to mess with me. She once did have interest in the unnatural city, but that's on my lands. I don't like her on my lands. We don't get along. There's this like big, almost like unnatural kind of smile to it. It's extremely wide. I think that's something you and I definitely have in common, as well as the rest of my party, as she personally attacked one of our members. And they are still themselves. To our knowledge. Excellent. Well, if you got away, she must not be around. Must have business elsewhere. I wouldn't trust all of her little puppets in that little city. I'd say most are probably unknowing. There are probably a few, though, that know exactly who they work for. I'd just be careful which is which. It's sometimes hard to tell with her. Unless I'm mistaken, and I can't speak for my whole party, but I have no intention of returning to the city until we've at least gained more information about the item 
tying her and her influence to the land. I'd like to say I know what it is, but each guardian has their own focus, unique in and of the guardian themselves. And I'm assuming you obviously know how guardians come to take over the land. I have had this land for a very long time. Yes, I know how guardians take over the land. Vashti, I believe, is her main target. And giving by control of that region might increase her influence on our realm. This is true. There is only so much I can do outside of my realm. I am very, very much tied to it. If I were to try and encroach upon my realm, that is a different story, but... She has not done so, and with Vashti being the barrier, I do care for the sweet child, but she is still a very young guardian. Well, what do you know about the champion? An abomination upon this plain servant of Archon seemingly appeared out of nowhere about a year ago, you know, when all the deities of the world went a little quiet. Are you aware of his plans and his allies that he is forming. He's trying to gather an army, I believe, doing what he can to establish his dominance in the Regorum on the material plane, but I have seen uh, so-called champions <laughs> come and go. He has no concern yet. Not to me. Well, he is trying to, from what we understand, open a portal to the Abyss. Yes, a terrible place. If I leave my lands, that which I guard could break free and awaken. I can't allow such an unnatural thing to walk through. The abyss might be an issue, and I would like to help you, but the distance from wherever this portal might be, it is not on my lands. And without it being on my lands, there is only so much I can do. Understood. I guess my main question is, we are trying to stop this as much as possible, and or remove buys connection to this land. I'm asking for permission to not necessarily move about freely, but if they were to cross on your lands and a fight were to break out, not be hindered. You have heard my request. I've asked simply you ask to step upon my lands. You are free to do so as long as the request is made. Whoever you're fighting, however, I'll judge from point to point on whether I should intervene. See if I can possibly give some help here and there. You never know. Is there any additional information you could give us about the unnatural city that we're going to be heading into and your wishes for us to behave in there? Oh, you may feel free to do with as you wish in the unnatural city. It was here before I established my connection. It was already ruined by that time as well. I decided to allow it to be buried and try and reestablish a more natural connection to the area around it. I do not like that place. Well, I thank you for your honesty and your information. And Tony, I would like to do an insight check. Go for it. A 20, not natural. Studying her a little bit, this is not what she really looks like. You can tell that off the bat. This just seems to be a form she's taken on to better relate to you as it is human looking. As far as you can tell, everything she's told you has been true. And she's definitely throughout all of this been trying to study you, get a sense of who you are and what your intentions are. But so far as you can tell, everything she said has been truthful. Can I ask you, what is your tie or connection to the Shadar Kai? She came upon my land, not used to this world. My instinct was to simply send her home, but she is different than other Shadar Kai I have known in the past. Also, 
Bai isn't a fan of the Shadarkai, so having her around kind of irks that old woman. Definitely smiling with that. Makes sense. And curiosity has me going. That's you following us, right? The individual invisible beings or somebody who works for you, I'm assuming. You've seen them. Yes. A few figures that I employ in my service. I thought so. I would probably just give a very polite bow. I have no more questions for you, but if you had any for me... I'm already learning so much about all of you just while you have been here. You have a connection to the spirits as well. It's a new connection, and I'm working on it and struggling with it a bit, but I do hope to strengthen it. I hope you keep a close eye. You want to make sure that those spirits work to aid you, not the other way around. If that is all, then, I may ask for a conversation at another date. Before you leave my lands, of course. It's been a pleasure. Till next time, Elaine Fox. And she kind of does a motion of, like, goodbye, as you feel like this wind rush past you, and your eyes open, and you, for a split second, notice these vines kind of just sink into the ground. All of you notice... It doesn't seem to take very long, but the vines had surrounded her for a couple of minutes before starting to recede, and just before they sank into the ground, Elaine's eyes open. And that is where we're going to leave this episode for today. Thank you all for listening. Please share this with your friends and follow us on Twitter at Rules is Written, or check out our website, dndraw.com, and feel free to email any questions to me at dm at dndraw.com. Also subscribe and leave us a review or comment anywhere podcasts are found. And please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw. And I hope to see you next time in the world of Ostia.